Welcome to the Bad Movie Fiends Spoilcast. We're gonna take a dunk in the code. Opening weekend, we're in. All right, and welcome to the Bad Movie Fiends hey. Spoilcast. Spoilcast. Number five. Uh, My guest. Yeah. Episode five, number five. Spoil like five. Five. Five dollars. So, I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. And I'm The Beach. And what we do on the Spoilcast is we go ahead and we talk about a movie that's in the theaters currently. So, spoilers will Spoiler be a alert. But we try to give a general review in the first five minutes or so just to... You know, so you know whether or not you want to actually go see it in the theater, then maybe you can come back and listen to the rest. Then we give you a warning before we tell you the ending. Right. Anyway, what what we're uh, we're going to talk about this uh, spoilcast is Duncan Jones's sophomore effort, Source Code. Swiss. Swiss Code. Yeah, so we all saw it over the weekend. We did. Well, why wouldn't we? I mean... Because it's Duncan it's Jones, it's, dude. Yeah. Winner of uh, 2009's Golden Jocks winning movie Moon. Moon. Mm-hmm. Would that be that one? M-O-O-N. That spells yes. So let's uh, let's start with a plot summary, and then we'll move into some non-spoilery takes on the movie, and then you know where it goes from there. Okay. An action thriller centered on a soldier who wakes up in the body of an unknown man and discovers he's part of a mission to find the bomber of a Chicago commuter train. Is okay. that it? That's it. Damn. Well, as they do these days, it's a little bit of quantum leap, a little bit of Groundhog Day. A little okay. bit of a some of other end. things that might be spoilers if we actually got into them, kind of. Why? Right. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Okay. But yeah, I like the fact that this movie kind of starts out being the quantum leap thing, but then goes far beyond that, and that kind of becomes the main plot. It's almost like the stuff on the train is kind of incidental, so it's kind of it's cool in that way. But the stuff on the train is still really. Oh yeah, really, stuff on the train really still matters watch. and is really fun. But yeah, it's it's. Probably not quite the movie that you think it is from the preview and from that plot synopsis. Yeah, should we give them kind of a like a a little bit not not a spoilery blow by blow, but kind of a a blow by blow of what like tell them what the source code is because they kind of make that a little bit obvious. Yeah, they make it the, clear pretty early on. Yeah, um, the, uh, yeah. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's character Coulter Stevens is a. Uh, I guess they didn't really establish what branch of the military he was in. Did they, did they say uh, army? Yeah, I think he was army. Cause, okay. Yeah. So um, he basically is a helicopter pilot, and he uh, basically we start the movie and he wakes up in this other guy's body, and as the previews have basically told you, he gets to live eight minutes, the last eight minutes of this guy's life, and he's trying to figure out who bombed the train. Yeah. And then because. Uh, he, he has to again. find out there's yeah. another promised attack after that, yeah. so they have to find out who it was that planted the bomb on the train so that they can find that person in basically the real world. Yeah, Because right. the source code is kind of like a simulation. Yeah. Yeah. They they explain it with a bunch of sci-fi yeah, mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, a lot of quantum theory and... Powerball calculus. string theory, quantum physics, all sorts Powerball of... Powerball calculus. All sorts yeah. of big words. <laughs> you mean parabolic? It's, uh, no, brain science. It, it, it sounded like Powerball surgery. the first time I heard it. All that sort of. Yeah. Parabolic. Parabolic. Something. Sure. Mm-hmm. I heard Powerball calculus. Yeah. The yeah. First <laughs> which, time. which apparently hardcore science nerds have already said it's impossible. It could never happen this way. But you know what? <laughs> Screw you, hardcore science nerds. It's yeah. more fun than you. You know what, hardcore science nerds? Sound barrier. Fuck you. 
<laughs> Whoa. There yeah. you go. Just saying. Just blew their eardrums with it. It's amazing. But yeah, so he can keep going back into this last eight minutes. And yeah. um, that's why it's kind of Groundhog Day-ish, because, you know, just... Right. And they have fun with it. Because it's like because it's not like everybody reacts exactly the same as they do each time. Right. And it, it is actually very much similar to the Groundhog Day thing and where if you know, if you do everything the same, people sort of if you do things the same, people mostly act the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's until you really start influencing change that things actually that it ripples outward pretty well. Sure. But um that's pretty I, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I wish it hadn't been released like now because we've had a kind of a glut of movies that are somewhat similar mm-hmm. we've had the avatar thing where you jump into somebody else's body um and we inception had groundhog to a, day to a degree is kind yeah, of like inception that too, to a degree you're yeah entering i mean an alternate you're, world yeah, yeah going into an alternate world um because i think it would have made a bigger impact to me if as, I, as far as kind of mind-blowing yeah to yeah. a degree yeah, yeah i think it would have been more Oh my God! The you know think the, of the implications of this. Oh my God! But um, even so, I still I carried the thought process forward further with this movie than with any of the others, with the mm-hmm. potential alternate. Sure, uh, I think. Well, I think just by the very nature of this movie, it it forces you to analyze the details, like uh, Avatar, Inception, things like that. Are kind of, hey, this is happening. Go. Don't don't question why. It just it does. It happens, and this. Mostly, it's partially because of the uh, repetition of events. You get to kind of, I wouldn't say nitpick, but you know, at least yeah, see what is, see what changes and kind of question the science a little bit. And yeah, this is one I really can't wait to see again. Yeah, I'm just I'm kind of worried that it won't hold up as well. Yeah, because yeah, Moon, Moon held up really well. Yeah, on remar- probably yeah. better in some I'd, respects. I'd have to say better on well, the and, second and viewing. We'll get this out of the way right now. Moon is still a much better movie. Yeah. This is I good. I think so, yeah. This is good, but it's not groundbreaking. Yeah. It's I, one of those, it's like, it's a solid four, four and a half out of five stars movie to me. It doesn't have anything making me go, this movie's fucking amazing, you've got to see it, but it doesn't have anything that makes me, that takes me out of it and makes me not like it. Well, I'll say this about the grand scheme of filmmaking. Uh, granted, these are not these people's first movies, but they're what people you know became known for. Uh, so if you point to like Tarantino, I mean, yes, he had Reservoir Dogs, but very few people saw that until after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take Pulp Fiction as his debut movie, at least to the majority of the world, you know, and you and you do something that mind blowing. And and then people are like, oh my god, this movie, kind of like with Moon, mm-hmm. it's it's good to scale back and make just a kind of a traditional movie, solid movie too. Like like Jackie yeah. Brown is not a bad movie. It's just when people went in, you know, expecting another Pulp Fiction, they're like, what the fuck is this? You know, it's just yeah. a, it's just normal movie. Yeah, the biggest movie I'd compare it to probably is Ocean's Eleven. Okay, where it's fun. It doesn't have any really super deep meaning. It's just really smart, solid entertainment. Yeah, well, I was just I was saying more on like the. The sophomoric effort, not in the terms of juvenile, yeah. but uh, uh, of effort of movies. I mean, I hate uh, I always bring them up, but you know, if you take something like Christopher Nolan again, Memento, not his first movie, but you know, he makes Memento, and it's like people go, "Holy shit, that was crazy!" Backwards telling storytelling, and then he just goes off and makes a uh, spoiler. Um, fuck, I just lost the name. Uh, Insomnia. Insomnia. I was like, can't sleep, can't sleep. Yeah, Insomnia, which mm-hmm. is just which is a remake. Yeah, it's just well, and it's just a 
normal movie. There's nothing yeah. overly spectacular about it. It's a well-made movie, but you yeah, know, when you when you go and I and think it's a, yeah, I guess Insomnia is a good parallel. Yeah, it, it's just like it, it's good to you scale could say back. It's a good movie, but you're not necessarily like right telling everybody they need. This to is see probably. It. It's better than Insomnia. Yeah, it's probably better. It probably is a little bit more tricky in in storytelling wise, but I mean, it's 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 a good movie to scale back to from something like yeah, that. yeah, and, and surprisingly it, few plot holes for a for a movie like that, sure. quote unquote time travel movie. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway. there was, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's there's one big glaring flaw on yeah, we, IMDb, but that was know. a good one. Somebody pointed out, but yeah. I think but, I know which one you're talking about. You can you can I've probably you can probably explain your you know if you if you. But this go is, back and look at it. You can probably explain that one away. But uh, yeah, this, this is one that's gonna. It's the good, less you know about it, the better off yeah. you're gonna be. I, right. I'm gonna say, let's go ahead and get into spoiler territory. But um, I think quick to sum it up, we all say go see it. Number yeah. one because it's a good movie, and number two, support Duncan Jones. I mean, we want to see more from him. Yeah, you know, to us, I mean, he he represents. You hope. can you can go out and make one really good movie, and what I think this says is that it's not just. A flash in the pan. It's not just okay. Blah! I shot my uh, metaphoric wad, and now I'm done. Um, I'm never going to make a good movie again. It just shows that that he has the potential to keep putting out solid movies. So, you know. and while I'm stepping on people's toes, all you people out there with kids, I, I don't care. You know, I know you have kids and you want to entertain them, and you you know, taking them to the movie and making them shut up for two hours is a pretty good way of doing that. But stop giving money to things like hop. I mean, when yeah. that blows movies out of the water like this, it's not an, it, it stops being an excuse. Your your duty as a, a geek and a movie fan and everything else is to see movies like this and not like I took the kids to hop and I'll wait for this on video. You know what? Movies like this will stop to exist and all we will have is hop and and us 30, 40, 50 year olds will have to watch hop. So Think about that for a minute. <laughs> is that a direct like slant at someone that? No, would, okay, no, no. That's, that's I was just I was just checking, I'm, I'm talking about that could I'm have ta- very possibly been a. No, I'm talking about in general. One your, of the people. Your duty is to go see movies like this in the yeah. theater. You can't always use kids as an excuse. I understand, but let's be honest. It's easier for kids to watch movies on video at home because yeah. they can run around. They can be dumbasses. They don't Amen. have to go to the theater to do that. But you know, it, it is. I'm it not saying not kids are easy, dumbasses, yeah. but you know, yeah. kids are kids. They just act like kids. Yeah, it is not easy for for parents to always get. To, I understand. I understand to just, get that right. taken care anyway, of. But let's get back to the movie. Let's spoil the shit out of this. Go okay, right. spoiler before time. we go see it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so what I'm basically would recommend down seeing to. it. Yeah, you got to support good filmmakers and yeah. good movies in the theater because just on videos, but not enough. And there and there's some unless you buy the DVD. Good well, enough. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> slash good enough effects to. To make it worth seeing on the on the big screen, and it's you know it's a support thing. So, spoiler territory begins now. Okay, yeah, I didn't see that one big plot hole. It's on IMDb. Did you read it now? Yeah, I just read it. Okay, so yeah, that makes yeah. sense. It is kind of a big one, you, possibly. Well, okay, yeah. well, all right. Let's we're. I mean, I don't know how we want to handle the spoilers because this movie is rife with spoilable deep, things. Intricate, Plot holes that are yeah. very spoilery. Not plot holes, just well, plot okay, points. Okay, plot points, sorry. Uh, um, so, basically, we go through, I'd say about four or five, maybe six times of the eight minutes um, with little tiny pieces of the real world. We see uh, Vera Farmiga and Jeffrey Wright kind of in the background. We don't really mm-hmm. hear him talk for a while. And they're, they're the people behind the camera running the show, yeah. kind of 
giving him these clues as to what's going on. Like, this is your mission. Stop questioning it. Get back in there and you need to find the bomb and then you'll find the bomber and blah, blah, blah. But they, they give him very little details from the very beginning. So it's just, I know you're tired. I know you're disoriented, but get back in there. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, which Jake Gyllenhaal plays pretty well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I will say this: I'm not a Jake Gyllenhaal fan, but he did a really good job in this. Movie. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's kind of like I've realized that's kind of Duncan Jones does this really well because obviously he did it with Sam Rockwell, but it's a guy in a single setting, and he seems to be able to get the most out of him yeah. in this because he definitely did it with Sam Rockwell and he definitely did it with this one too, where it's kind of but this one at least you've got all sorts of people for. Jake to interact with throughout the movie. Yeah. Sure. It's kind of a blend between a regular movie and a little bit of the isolationist of Moon because he's... When they when they show us uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, uh, Captain Coulter Stevens, it looks like he's in like this strange... Almost looks like an underground capsule of some sorts, but he's wearing like his flight jacket and it looks like he's strapped into the seat of a helicopter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a blended, blended world. And... Um, so for a lot of the time, he is kind of, not a lot of the movie, but a lot of time when he's not in the source code, he's trapped in this, you know, trapped in this little tiny room. And uh, it's it's very close and very claustrophobic feeling. He can like almost see sort of like there might be some outside nearby, but there's no way for him to get out. And he's got, all he's got is this little television screen that he can communicate with. Um, Vera Farmiga. Goodwin. Yeah, Vera Farmiga. Goodwin. Her character's name is Goodwin. And... Uh, so, yeah. Good wins. Yes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Foreshadowing. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing with names. We'll just say this. I mean, I think Duncan Jones... It, yeah, so. I know. Duncan Jones made the most out of probably what was not the best script in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Just saying because this guy wrote Species like 3 and 4 yeah. and something yeah, but else. But apparently Jake Gyllenhaal found the script and convinced yeah. him to do it. I mean, maybe this guy, you know, like just he had was a, the champion of the script. Maybe he just had like a, a fluke thing, you know, where it's like, I have this one script in me. I've gotten paid. You know, you never know about a guy. You know, he could right. come back next and write something fantastic. But his pedigree is not, not that great. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that worried me. Yeah. <laughs> before it started. But anyway, so, um. Yeah, so we get we most of the uh, I'd say first thirty minutes of the movie is the the train scene happening yeah, it's again the and again. Detective story, yeah. Kinda. So mm-hmm. it, it's him and figuring out who uh, Michelle Monaghan's character is, which is actually really fun. It's kind yeah. of like because she knows whoever's body he's inhabiting doesn't seem like that well. It's like a strangers on a train situation. That yeah, mm-hmm. they talk to each other periodically, and yeah, it seems to be just people who commute together. Sure. And they've started like they know each other. Flirting, and she's got yeah. a yeah. She's got a little breakup deal going on the mm-hmm. side, and she thinks he's kind of cute, I guess. And uh, I no, know. I got the feeling they work together. I don't. Know. I don't. Maybe I don't, no. I don't think so. Did they say what she did? Not really. I don't no, believe I don't so. They ever said? I mean, they only said he was a teacher. You're right. Right. Because <laughs> apparently he had an ID that said teacher. teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, hey, <laughs> yeah, that works. Why not? No, yeah. So. But, but yeah, I mean, the first, it's only a 90 minute movie. Right. And the first 45 really is mostly consists of him trying to track down the bomber mm-hmm. and fucking up in various different ways, which are kind of. Kind of fun. It's fun to see how he gets around them each time. Yeah. Well, yeah, because basically, if he's on the train, he's going to blow up and he dies. 
you know, or the source code version of him dies and he starts all over again. But if he changes something and he dies in some other way, it's like a reset button of a different kind. Because right. in one scenario, he gets off the train following someone who think he thinks is the bomber. Uh, they get in a struggle. He finds out that the guy's not the, the bomber and falls off the tracks and gets hit by a train. Hit, hit, gets hit, hit by, by train. another train. Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's, but, and that's kind of where it starts to seep in, like what's really going on with him. Because that becomes, eventually that becomes the main story is where he is, why they're so secretive about what they're willing to tell him. And it's like, it kind of, because when he gets hit by the train, it kind of, it's tough to sink him back in with the real world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, because he didn't, I actually think he didn't, all right. <laughs> dropping into, I guess we have to really drop into spoiler territory. We are, we, we are, are, we're already we're there. there, like so. real deep. Because when he, the eight minute mark has passed, I, th- if I remember correctly, yeah. the eight yes. minute mark had passed yeah, by the time well, he sees the, the ex- yeah, explosion, he sees the explosion way down, way down, down the, the track. Yeah. yeah, so the eight minute mark has passed, and he's not dead yet. Yeah, he doesn't die because he's supposed to die at the. Or he's supposed to stop existing at that eight minute mark. Right. He dies because of some sort of weird. Act coincidental and this i didn't realize until about a minute ago so it's co- completely coincidental that he happened to die outside of the eight minute mark yeah and they they kind of glossed over that on a no, little bit I, on I, well purpose. Did, i think they left that vague on purpose because i think it's supposed that, to that's as what the, i mean as they the audience just, you're supposed to go wait a second he didn't leap out or whatever at the right at the moment of the train explosion yeah. he could kind of potentially continue to exist in this world right and so they had the hard time, you know, I'm, I jumped all over whatever you're going to talk about, but, um, so they had a hard time well, sinking my, them back into the, yeah, my issue real with world. it is where'd that train come from? Wasn't it coming from the track, from the direction of the one that just blew up? Uh, there was a big, there's a whole complicated switchery thing that, okay. that they showed brief glimpses of. And it okay. wasn't coming from the direction of the explosion, actually. I thought it was. No, because they're, sta- they're standing on the platform, they look to the right, and there's an explosion. He falls in, train comes from what would be the left if you're standing looking at the platform. Pretty sure. Looking, not looking from the platform, but looking well, like, at the platform. Well, look, No, looking at the tracks, explosion okay. to the right, oncoming train coming from the left. Explosion was to the left. The oncoming train came from the right. Uh, okay. okay. Whichever. If you guys say so, I guess... Again, again, we could be we could be wrong. But either way, it like it takes him a while to reset back to the container he's in, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that's pretty much when he starts to get weird about. He wants to find out what's going on. So instead of investigating the bomb, he basically starts to investigate what happened to him. Right. And and her and And his thanks to smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. And Bing, (laughs) the internet. Yeah. Big big product plug there. Yeah. There's also a. Did it say Duncan? Was it actually Duncan Donuts on the train? Yes. Okay, because it looked like Duncan Donuts, and it was the colors, but I didn't know Dunkin if it Donuts. was actually Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a fucking Dunkin' Donuts on commuter trains in Chicago. Is that for real? Anybody know that? Yeah, I think it was just an advertisement. Sure. Okay. I got a pretty sweet out. commuter train though. Yeah, it's double decker, double decker, decker, decker yeah. all modern looking. Yeah. I don't know if those are real, but shit, those are yeah. fucking cool if they are. Yeah, um, but it's really at that point where he starts to investigate, and he finds out what, if you've been paying attention, you kind of suspected. He is not alive anymore, officially. Yeah. I mean, I guess the implication is that he's brain dead. Or, or yeah. something. Because, I mean, when they finally show his body, he's, well, like, 
there's barely anything left. He's of not. Him. So he he's had not, to have been dead somehow. I think. I mean, that's he's, that's the part he's that's kind of almost dead. Like he's dead enough to to steal his body for this program, but they're keeping him alive just because they show him moving. When, yeah, they once show they him reveal him and stuff, but I mean, there's like so little of his body left. Yeah, I think he's just he's just being kept alive artificially. You know, he's not. I don't think he's brain dead, but they're like keeping him just just barely mm-hmm. like brain functional. Yeah. You know, something like that. But so basically he finds out, yeah, shit, I'm dead. And then, <laughs> then the whole, the whole issue becomes whether or not he wants to live to continue to serve his country by finding this guy who's going to bomb the place or whether he should basically be allowed to die with honor, so to speak. Right. Yeah. He basically says the line, I've already given my life once for my country and dying in a, hel- a helicopter crash. Right. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> And a Which explains crash. all, like, why yeah. he imagines himself being in a helicopter right, and why he's right. so disoriented in the beginning. And right. Yeah, and the room ends up actually warping because it's really all a construct of his mind. Right. They they he's, finally tell him that that's how he's coping. Yeah. With yeah his the, subconscious has created yeah. this area for him. Yeah. And what we were hinting at with the IMDb thing is later on, you know, we see him in this capsule talking to Vera Farmiga, her talking back via like this webcam thing, but really. He's not there at all. He's in this pod thing that's mm-hmm. keeping him alive, mm-hmm. and he's not actually talking. It's coming through via text on her screen. Yeah, yeah. that was that was really cool when they finally did the reveal on that. Yeah, well, I, I kind of figured because they weren't showing the screen ever. Right. It was yeah. always her looking at the screen, and if there was anyone that came into frame, it was always shot from directly left or directly right. But they right. never. But, they made a point never to show her screen. Well, what but they also is, always always made sure to have his voice in until they did the reveal. Yes, it always had his voice when they were quote unquote talking to him. But yeah. what we were hinting at, what the plot hole, somebody possible plot hole that somebody pointed out on IMDb is when Jeffrey Wright's character, who's apparently the scientist that invented this whole thing and kind of a fame seeking scientist, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he's, he's your he's, typical corporate suit. Right. He's your Burke from Aliens. He yeah. wants to, doesn't matter who he screws over, he wants to get his funding. Sure. Right. So he basically becomes involved and starts talking to him, you know, looking into the camera, into the mic, and he gets up and starts to walk away. And something else happens, and he's basically now on the other side of the webcam, turns the webcam and the mic to to him while he's standing to the side of it and starts talking to Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Unable to read the screen. Oh, yeah. That's a different plot hole than the one that I'm looking oh, at. Oh, really? Yeah, the one I was looking at um, basically involves the bomber of the train. Oh, yeah, not being able to see both trains. Yeah. I've read these. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a couple of them that, you know, possibly on second viewing, it won't be important because as uh, Shiny Light Steestrel pointed out, who also went to us with us to the movie, um, said... Maybe if you watch it again, he's not so much reacting to what Jake Gyllenhaal is saying. He's just talking at him. If it you did were, seem that way. If you were, if you were yeah. to watch it again, that what he was saying was inconsequential. He's just speaking, <laughs> yeah, not, not responding. I so I hadn't even considered that. That's kind of how it how well it moved it along yeah. for yeah. me. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Some of this is this is kind of popcorny sci-fi. You know, mm. I mean, I don't oh, think yeah. it's meant to be taken down frame by frame and. Oh, that oh, no. doesn't work here, and this doesn't. You know, it's, it's science. It's very matrixy. Yeah. You know, yeah. the way they get there doesn't matter. It's what they right, do once right. they get there, yeah. right? And but the structure of the movie, he basically he figures out who the bomber is and tells them, and everything is resolved. 
just a little over an hour into the movie probably. Right. And that's kind of where my issues show up is I know where they're going with it, but it seems to take longer to get there than it should in that third act. It almost feels like finding the bomber should be the third act, but then it's suddenly there's this extra fourth act, 20 minutes of not really wrap up, but kind of like, okay, we resolve that story. Now here's the bigger story to take care of. And to me, it's kind of, it's one of those things where it takes a little bit longer to get there than I thought it would. And that was the only part where I was kind of like, eh, cause I kind of, you know, even though I should care more about everything that's happening in the, you know, with, Jeffrey Wright and Vera Farmiga, it's kind of, I cared more about the stuff on the train. Yeah, that part was kind of more interesting. And once they were out of that, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, it seemed to lose a little bit of steam. It seemed to lose a little bit of the momentum that it had pushing it forward. Yeah. The train well, lost momentum. Basically, since we're spoiling the shit out of it, they yeah. decide to give everybody, a, mostly everybody, a, a happy, happy ending by Vera Farmiga allows him to go back in one last time and she, you know, the whole time they're telling him there's no, there's no point in trying to save anyone on that train. They're already dead. You're living, you know, you're going through a memory. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to change the past. This is not a time machine. This is yeah, basically replaying, a a, replaying yeah. a simulation of what happened. And he says, as you see in the trailer, give care. me the decency to let me try. Yeah. And, um, so, so he, goes, he does. So he goes back in because he, you know, talks to her soldier yeah. to soldier. And, and, says, and blah, also blah, blah. Jeffrey Wright has made the deal with him that basically once he's done, he'll yeah, unplug, unplug him. him. Yeah. Let him die. Mm-hmm. He'll let him die. But she, Which yeah, of he's course, he immediately out. goes back on his, as soon as they, as soon as they well, yeah. catch the bomber guy, he's like, wipe this dude's memory. We are yeah. using him. Well, they, they show them, that bugged you know, the shit out of me. They, they yeah. show it them was supposed to, but it, well, that guy was say, like, that's the thing about Jeffrey Wright. He's always awesome. Doesn't matter what he's in. He is always awesome. And, he was exactly what they needed. He was just that perfect level of like just bureaucratic shithead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. There's one other person I, I could have seen in that role and I wish I could say his name, right? <laughs> uh, Which guy? Chuiti Ilfor. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude from uh, he was children in, of men. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was in serenity too, but you know, yeah, yeah. lots of other things. Yeah. He would have, he would have pulled that off well too. I think, I think what would have been interesting about him playing that is I think he would have been, I think he would have played it more likable up to a point and then turned like Paul Reiser in Aliens. Mm-hmm. See, Paul Reiser is a little slime bally, but you kind of like him up to a certain point. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're talking about this movie. But no, what I was what I was going to say is he. they show the scene there. They've stopped the bomber, pulled him over. The feds have caught him. Happy, happy day. Break out the champagne. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, let me try. What's it? What's you know, eight more minutes in the train? Let me I know where yeah. the bomb is. I know the whole scenario now. Let me just he just says, I want to go in and save everybody. I mean, let me just try. Yeah. You know, what's it going to hurt? And he's, he's, he breaks out, like, alternate timelines. He says, you know, what if you ever made a different decision? Blah, blah, blah. Let me try. Maybe on some mm-hmm. other timeline, these people get to survive. So he goes back in the one last time, disconnects the bomb. Catches the bomber. Catches the bomber. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> basically call, super smooth about it. Calls the police and says, yeah. hey, I'm so from the bomber's phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm so and so. I hate America. I'm on this train. Come get me. Click. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's where the van with the bomb is parked. Yeah, all but, that. So, yeah. So, like, basically, they get off the train. And what this kind of reminded me of, if, if I can interject real sure. quick, is playing a, you're playing a video game and trying to get through a section to a checkpoint. And you keep playing and playing and dying and keep mm-hmm. getting fuck, fucking it up, fucking it up, fucking it up. And you keep having to go back and go back and go back. And finally, you have that one amazing run where you do everything right, you know, in sure. in that run, and you just fucking nail it, 
and hit the checkpoint. That's what that the last section, the last yeah. eight minute section, felt like to me. Yeah. But but yeah. Anyway, so I mean, it, it, he gets off the train with uh you know Michelle Monaghan's character well, and uh, before we get there, okay. Basically, his eight minutes ends up when he kisses her, mm-hmm. and that's the point where Vera Farmiga shuts down the system. Shuts and, him and down. And this is as Jeffrey Wright realizes what's happening and is trying to get in, but she's changed the code. He's you know. banging on the door like the FCC. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but she unplugs him, and then the whole screen freezes. And I guess my question is, would that have been a better ending to end the movie there? I bet you that was originally an ending. Yeah. I'm and trying to remember exactly what it didn't did they focus did they kiss well. under the statue? No, this is when they're still on the train. Okay. They're kissing, everyone's laughing because the comedian is telling jokes and they freeze frame. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, they do that. Trick. Drift back yeah. through the That was a really car. cool shot. Yeah. I yeah. really like that. I I don't know that I don't know that enough people have done that in film for it to have a name yet, but it needs to. The Jones the stage freeze. The Duncan. <laughs> well, yeah, but the stage freeze with moving camera, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've there's other things, other examples of it, but anyway, yeah. uh, but I mean, do you think that ending would have worked better than what they did? No, and and my only beef, I I don't know that it needed the ending that it needed, but they needed to get to that statue. I I know that it was it all could have been done after the fact, but I really like. Did you notice? In yeah, his, that they kept showing it. Yeah, in, in in like the you know the the Matrix when jacket he would do his sequence. Yeah, right. <laughs> Zoom. Yeah, the, my God, it's full of that weird statue in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I know that was probably added to uh, comp you know to go along with that inning. But I think having that you know leading up to that I think was interesting because that uh, that ties the the possibility of it continuing to exist into it very nicely because I'm having weird precog flashes of that moment. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I I see that. Yeah, I, and I can, and and I mean and the thing is I like the ending. I was just curious if. Yeah, because I can see a lot of people arguing that the movie should end there, kind of like the way AI ends. Yeah, you know, you know my feelings on AI. I feel it should end with the blue fairy, but this to me is kind of a similar thing where it suddenly, okay, here's where it could have ended, but let's just go for the happy, happy, joy, joy ending, which they kind of I, I could have gone, which from, is still satisfying. I would I have say. been fine with a kind of ambiguous ending that lets you figure out what happens more, but. They would have had to get to the statue, kiss, and freeze frame, mm-hmm. and, and go to, or fade to black. You know, did they? Yeah. Which with the structure of the film just wouldn't work. Right? Did probably. Goodwin get the email before or after the statue kiss? After he I sent think. her the email okay. on the train. I know, yeah. I know, but I but she didn't get the email <laughs> until she actually got it like walking into, into work that day because that's mm-hmm. when it right. would have happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was like showing another timeline of her. Yeah, basically. basically, he sent an email well, to yeah. her from yeah. the bomber's phone that says, "Hey, here's what." You're going to hear about a report about this, about mm-hmm. this guy. And he a basically says, you know, because there's a point where Jeffrey Wright tells him that like parallel dimensions are created and there's an infinite number of them, you know, which is all like fourth dimension stuff, string theory. All That's where all that shit comes in, which, <laughs> you know, it, it's saying that, hey, I that's string theory, but okay. String, string theory is a little different, but well, it, yeah, whatever that shit is. I'm okay. not a, I'm no rocket <laughs> surgeon. surgeon. Right. Yeah. But um, but that's where it comes in, where he basically says, you know, he's told him that, you know, each time this, it creates this new reality in the source code. But basically, Jake Gyllenhaal writes her and says, hey, this thing actually works where we it creates parallel realities in their entirety. Mm-hmm. So he basically escapes that, gets to live his life with Michelle Monaghan. 
presumably, and as a different guy. Yeah, that's and poor Sean got fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the Sean Fentress. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's kind of the one weird. But Sean Fentress will never realize it. that. That's sure. Yeah, he could be. He could be like uh, trapped he, in. His he could butt. be like Cusack in uh, <laughs> in uh, being John Malkovich. He's just trapped in the back of his mind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, source code two. <laughs> yeah. We just wrote it. Duncan, call us, dude. Call us now. <laughs> the revenge of Fentress. Yes. Fentress returns. Fentress's revenge. Yeah. Poor Sean. Yeah. But no, but yeah, Sean's the only one who gets a raw deal out of everything. The and Dawn of Sean. <laughs> oh. Source code, too. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and so it basically ends where where the day started. Kind of where his, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal's body is still there. Yeah. They're just waiting for some kind of disaster to happen so yeah, they, they can they, make the source code work again. They pan over to the guy's office. But I'll say this about Sean and, and our... Yeah, if you maybe if you want to go with the uh, quantum leap theory of of things, that that timeline Sean goes into his vegetative body. Yeah, I guess. in that one timeline, and in yeah. all others, he blows up on the train. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And so, you know, one guy, while he might be a good guy, this other guy probably a little bit better guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, if they were both doomed to die, at least let the guy who's been an American and, hero continue to have a life. Maybe yeah. sure, an awesome voice cameo. Oh, yes, yes. Jake Gyllenhaal's dad is played by Scott Bakula. Yes. On the phone only. Yeah, because yeah. he plays him on the phone. And then, like, they, I guess when they're trying to get him motivated, they play a speech from his dad talking right. about what a patriot he was and all mm-hmm. that. So. Which was bugging me the whole damn movie until I was just sitting for the credits waiting. I was like, who's that voice of his And then I was like, yeah. smack myself on the Scott face. Scott Bakula. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good touch. But, like, one thing we didn't mention is he actually calls his dad from the train and talks to his dad in the persona of somebody completely different. Yeah, as Sean Well, Fentress. as Sean Fentress, yeah. but, you know, he... Yeah, saying that he was in his platoon or whatever. Right. Yeah. But uh, that was kind of interesting, kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his there's... resolution with his there, dad. I guess, you know, thinking about it more and having a couple of days to have gone through it, there's there are more plot holes than I realized. Sure. But it's tough when you have a time travel movie to not have enough of, you know, to seal them all up. But they do a pretty damn good job, though. I think sometimes people expect too much from a movie, and I'm not really trying to talk this movie down. I'm just saying, go in with the go in with the mind frame of this will be the best Star Trek episode, time travel Star Trek episode you've ever seen, because it's sure. it's, it's about the 90 minute thing. You know, take all the two parter, various and assorted Star Trek things, and it's infinitely tight, more tightly written, and better paced, and everything like that. So. Yeah. You go in with the, that mind frame, like it's not a movie that's gonna, you know, blow you away with the special effects or anything else. But it's, it's not to say that it's not impressive. Yeah, I yeah, mean, right. it's just it's a super solid movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it is good. It's so. one I will recommend to my parents who barely ever see movies, but I think they will. Right. You know, it's the kind of thing that mm-hmm. it's not super difficult to follow. It's not like something like Primer where you got to. You know, Take notes. Study up for the SAT before you sure. watch it. But uh, you know, it's something that it's it's they make it easy to follow and they make it that you can understand that universe the way it works. I'd like to say I was going to recommend this to my parents, but they were confused by Inception. So hmm. yeah, <laughs> they're like, I don't understand what happened in that. No, okay. By the way, that guy <laughs> you you mentioned, his name is Chuatel Ejiofor. Are you sure you're saying that right? Uh huh. Did you He's find like a phonetic pronunciation? Yeah, I found a pronunciation. So I guy. was not that far no, off. You, I didn't butcher it too bad. No. 
No, but yeah, uh, all I can say is Duncan Jones is kind of knocking on that lifetime pass that Zack Snyder is losing his grip on. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to stop awarding those. Chris Nolan at this point is the only one that has one for me right now. You say that now. I say that now. He, you know, you could say he's already had a bad movie. I mean, sure. You know, I don't, one. I don't give out lifetime passes. Maybe I said I'd have before. I do. I'm kind of the one who started that. But yeah. if I said it before, you know, I, 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 I'm changing my mind now. I'm not going to give lifetime passes. I'm just going to take it as it comes. One movie at a time, man. Yep. Yeah. But with me, they just, it, Duncan Jones, definitely, he's, He's earned it. I mean, the first two, if he can keep this up, then I will definitely continue to watch all his movies. I will watch all his movies until with an he, open mind. And yeah, until he builds up a track record of making stinkers. <laughs> Which is doubtful. Yeah. Right. It is doubtful. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart enough guy. So yeah, we liked it. I guess he's got it. some holes, but you know. We like things with holes. Yep. What? Like bees. That's right. Fucking A. No. <laughs> it's only got one. <laughs> I know. I was being uh, putting out the joke to be yes. vague. Anyway. All right. All right. So I think that's going to, I think that wraps it up. Yep. Let's wrap it up. Yes. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm the Beach. And this has been the Spoilcast for Source Code. <laughs>